Hi, I'm Ben. And I'm Zach. And I'm David. And welcome to the Movie Vault. Today we are reviewing the 2020 movie directed by Michael Showalter, The Lovebirds. The Lovebirds was a Netflix original, so we don't have how much it made, but we do know it was made on a $16 million budget. Lovebirds, a movie about looking guilty because of wrong words. All right, so first we have to start with our uh, watch, botch, or top notch section, which is a kind of a score to help to know whether it, so watch is, uh, it's kind of mediocre, maybe we should watch it. Botch is, this movie is terrible, never watch it. And top notch is, you, you can't miss it. It's a requirement to actually watch this movie. What would you consider top notch? Top notch would be like, there will be blood. You have to watch that movie. <laughs> and everyone will definitely be entertained by that. What do you think, Zach? Um, I would say botch would be a movie like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh my, oh goodness. my goodness. That's not even true. That's definitely at least a watch, okay? Yeah, I agree. I say botch. Okay. All right. But <laughs> what do you think of this movie? For my personal opinion, I would say watch. It's not top notch, but watch. Yeah, sure. this movie is definitely a watch. It might be on the lower end of watch, but I think, especially since there's not very many 2020 movies, you got to watch it. Yeah, I would have to agree. I wouldn't mark it as a watch as well. And so now we'll move on to announcements. We do have a few announcements today. First, welcome to our first video if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, we, have, we haven't actually named our YouTube channel yet. It's pending. I kind of forgot that like it was filming, so I haven't been looking at the camera. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. And if and if we're not looking at the camera, just bear with us because we're still kind of getting used to the concept of just having uh like camera at all. Or in a stage that we have to actually interact with. Yeah, exactly. We've just been uh like looking at it. Yeah. Not only can do we have to like make sure we're saying the right things, but we also have to make sure that we're like doing the right things now. Yeah, yeah. and it just makes it uh, that much more complicated, but we're doing it for the viewers. Yep, indeed. <laughs> Although we did have a lot of requests for this, that's why we're doing it, so. Yep. Anyway, yeah, so what other announcements? We are, the YouTube channel, the name is pending. Um, also, we have David joining us today. Hi. David, David, you'll remember him from the B-Movie episode, and so we just had to have him back after that seller episode. And right. he's, he uh, hosts our studio and is our uh, producer. Yeah, um, I do some stuff. Yeah, we have a logo, <laughs> a new logo coming out from a photo shoot that went mm. extremely well. Mm. We're very excited to show you guys some of those pictures, and the new logo is looking pretty sharp. So you'll see it on the audio version of this podcast. Yep, and uh, it will officially be up when? Um, it should be up on the day of October twelfth when this podcast releases. So it's kind of redundant to say the date, but that's okay. <laughs> well, it's, yes, true. Okay. And then also, uh, we figured out that we've been having some mic problems lately with our recent podcasts. Actually, all of our podcasts. And although we figured out the problem, we don't have a solution right now. So we're trying to, like, fix that and stuff. Yeah, hopefully we'll have a second mic. This has been working decently, but you, just bear with us. We'll figure something out. We are on a college kid budget. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you want to fund <laughs> us with a new mic, we will accept it if you want it to be that as part of Gladly. the sponsorship. Gladly. If you a want mic a company, you know, yeah. just saying. If you want to pay for our college also. Yeah, yeah. that would be great too. Yeah. That, that would be very helpful. Especially Ben's. But essentially we have, yeah, we have a uh, slightly different mic setup. As you can tell, we got it uh, hanging from the ceiling, which has changed. We uh, originally had it just sitting up on the table. So it should sound a little bit differently. Hopefully you'll uh, be able to hear us a little bit better, but yeah, it should yeah. be good. Now let's get right into Lovebirds. So this plot, we're, we've been trying to do them shorter. 
This one's actually not too complicated, fortunately. Some of the other ones we've done have been kind of complicated, so it's a little bit hard. So we start out, we're in New Orleans. We see uh, two lovers after a first date, and you can see they're definitely into each other after this date. And they're just walking around kind of flirtatiously. The chemistry is clearly there. Oh, yeah. Um, and then we skip to four years later. Like Endgame. Yeah, and yeah. Four, year, four years later, they are an arguing couple that has clearly been together, been around the block. But it's so funny because they argue about the most, like, nonsensical things. It's a very uh, interesting scene. I thought it was funny. What they, the first th- scene, they were arguing about the Amazing Race, whether or not they could do it. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, it went from, like, kind of, like, awkward to funny. Their first stages where it's, like, just, I don't know, awkward lover stuff, and it got into, like, <laughs> more of the marriage. Not They weren't married, but more of the marriage fighting kind of more realistic relationship. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was funny. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, it, they're very nerdy, and they're arguing... And it's very petty too, and it it's very funny. You got you've got to watch this scene. But it's least. kind of their style. It's how their relationship works. It's yeah. back and forth, and that's how they always are. But the problem is, they go out driving, uh, presumably on the way to work or something, or or on a date. I, I don't exactly know which it was, but they hit a guy on the bike, which is already bad. But the guy is fine, so he gets up and rides away. Not a great situation because. Typically, you wouldn't want to hit and run. Well, then somebody hops into their car and claims to be a cop. And he says, we got to chase this guy because he was a criminal. So they're all into it and they get him. But then what happens is the guy who's driving the car viciously runs over this guy on the bike multiple times. Great scene. Yeah. Yeah. Just to make sure he's dead. Then we see some uh, passersby who presume that our main characters, whose names are... Their name are Jabron is the main character, and his uh, girlfriend figure is Leilani. Leilani. So Jabron and Leilani, they are assumed to be the criminals because they are in their car. They were in the passenger seat because the other guy hopped in. And they have blood on them from the original incident. It's just very suspicious. So they're like, so they flee the scene of the crime, and they start their quest to get away. Um, unfortunately, this quest is this quest to like find the the real person to prove that the cops goes very poorly because it's their it's kind of their own fault they when they're talking to the cops they they kind of describe what the situation or when they're talking to the hipster people that are the passer buyers that saw what happened they're like mm. oh i hit him they're like oh you killed him he goes no 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 i hit him with my car and yeah it's just it was like, kind of like the fact that they're all talking over each other and just freaking out over the incident it kind of just added to the confusion and which resulted in them calling 911 and reporting a murder yeah. on there. <laughs> right. And so <laughs> they think that they're in a lot of trouble. So they mm-hmm. go to, to, to try to talk things over. And the police are trying to contact them. But they don't want to talk to the police. And so what ends up happening is that they try. They have the, the guy who got killed's phone, I believe. Or, mm-hmm. yeah, yes. and, mm-hmm. and they try to... They call him Bicycle. Yeah. They try to meet up with this girl who is texting him. And uh, this, this is, so they go into a bar, meet her, and then they go, then they get knocked out because they've been acting very suspiciously, like they don't know what's going on, because they actually don't know what's going on. But mm-hmm. this lady uh, doesn't believe them. And, and then they end up being in a barn and being interrogated by this lady and her husband, who we find out is a congressman. And they actually try to torture them because they're mad, so they give them the option of either being sizzled with bacon grease, which is boiling hot, or an option that's behind the door. <laughs> which Jabron, be, yeah. Jabron chooses the door, and it, he op- they open the door, and he gets kicked by a horse. 
Yeah. Would you rather be uh, kicked by a horse or honestly? Grease? I'd rather it was be kicked grease by in the a face. horse. Yeah, me too. He recovered grease, from that. Grease yeah. in the face is bad, but getting kicked by a yeah. horse is bad too. If you get kicked in the face by a horse, I'm pretty sure you're like that's Paralyzed. pretty bad. You could die. I'm just saying. Yeah. But if you got if you got greased on the face, there goes your eyesight. There goes like your taste buds. There goes yeah. your sense of smell. Even right. maybe hearing. You know. Yeah. So like four of your senses are gone. Or if you're paralyzed by a horse kick, I'd rather be paralyzed. Unless you can still see, right? Uh, maybe. Sure, you yeah. can see your wounds. Unless you get kicked in the eye. But it, it's... <laughs> he gets kicked, but they get away through fighting. And they end up at a pharmacy. They regroup. And they're like, okay, we, we need to figure out something else. Their next option is going to the bicyclist's apartment to try to figure out what's going on. So they have, there's this funny scene where they're trying to break in. And it takes them forever to break glass. They don't realize how difficult it is, yet easy it is to actually do it. Yeah, he keeps going like yeah. that. Um, I thought the glass broke uh, fairly easily for the effort they were putting for in. For a small pane, <laughs> window yeah. pane, yeah. Yeah. It was, it, it was a single one. Yeah, it, it did, but it still took them some time. He, they had to use the, she ended up using the ice pick on her heel. Yeah. <laughs> and they get in, it's not a one-person apartment. There's a bunch of frat boys packing stuff. They get into the, like, the weirdest fist fight with this dude. Oh, it was weird. And then... <laughs> oh, he jumps on the bed and then runs to him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then uh, they end up... The, the guy with the mustache who had killed the bicyclist comes back, kills all of the frat boys, but doesn't notice that Jabron and Lalea are there. Lalani. Lalani. Okay, Lalani, Lalani. I got it now. <laughs> but then they escape and uh, they go to a thrift store, get some new clothes... Um, decide, they find out that they have an address for the guy that got killed and, um, they decide that they want to go, like, continue on the search, I guess, and then they go and do well, that. Well, they have to, they go back to the, this party to try to unlock the phone. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. yeah. And it has something on it that they need. And so they trick one of, uh... Leilani's friends. Yeah, who... Keith. And Keith is a, is a figure that Jabron is very jealous of because he thinks that he's challenging him for Leilani. And they they do trick him into getting it open. And that helps them get into this black tie event, which is hosted by some sort of secret group. And you need this barcode to get in. Was it Secrarium? Secrarium, yeah, I believe. Very much like the Illuminati in some ways. Yeah, so they get in there. <laughs> Weird. They're wearing these masks that Zach told me were like these old... Yeah, they were doc- plague masks. Plague Back in mask, the day, yeah. the doctors used to wear them. So mm. nobody could really see who the other people were. Mm. Um, it's just very bizarre. And and they they get into this theater, and people are randomly selected to do some very, shall we say inappropriate cult-like activities together. Um, and I'd say that, yeah. Saying the least. Yeah, and it's very bizarre. And, and yeah, this is definitely something that could get in trouble with the law. You can tell it's... Uh, but what happens is they figured out that one of the traitors of the group, the bicyclists, had, you know, he had, has been a traitor, so he had been outed. Somebody had used his tag to get in. So... They were like, on the count of three, everyone has to take off their mask so we can see our identity. Unfortunately, if you were in the group, you would know that you never take off your mask. But for Leilani and Jebron, they don't know. This is the weirdest thing that they've probably ever seen. (laughs) So uh, they take off their mask and they're about, who knows what's about to happen to them. This is like scary. But the police... I did. I've seen this movie before. (laughs) The police had been contacted and... 
Uh, everyone cleared out really fast except for them. They got taken to the station where they find out from the police that actually they had never been suspected at all. And here's the twist. They, they get taken home because they're going to protect them from the person who was the, the snitch or whatever. And then they find out that the snitch was actually a cop who was Mustache, the guy tra- that killed all those yeah. uh, frat boys. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he tries to kill them, but fortunately, teamwork and banter come through, and Leilani and Gibran uh, end up apprehending him, and Leilani shoots the guy with the mustache. The police are found, and they've kind of rekindled their love for each other because actually there was like some question about whether they were still going to be in the relationship by the together. Yeah, we forgot to mention yeah. that. <laughs> it's so kind of subtle. It, it's subtle, yeah, it but it's, it's, their, it's their story arc. But. Yeah, it seems like a very subtle and like like unimportant for the most part. Yeah, because they talk about it, but then it's so overshadowed by but the action. But you can, you can yeah. see it throughout. It's unspoken, but you can see it. Mm-hmm. You can definitely yes. see it. So, Zach, can you give us the quote of the movie? Yeah, it was one of the hipsters found the dead body that uh, when Mustache ran over the bicycle guy. And the hipster lady said, hello, I'd like to report a murder or whatever. Yeah, it was just the <laughs> most millennial thing I've ever seen, which is kind of how I would describe it. She was wearing like a movie. big green hat. Anyway, that goes into the next segment. Favorite scenes. What was any of your favorite scenes? All right, let's go through one by one. So David, since you're the guest, you go first. You go Goodness, because I haven't even thought of one yet. Um, Let me think. Uh, my favorite scene was probably be... I don't know. I think I like the running over scene. I thought that was funny. Okay, the <laughs> running over scene. Well, the the part that added to it was when um, she calls. Who is she calling? No, she was calling her friends. They had their friends were having a dinner party, and Leilani was calling her best friend or whatever. And they're like, "Hey, why aren't you at this dinner party?" And Leilani goes, "Oh, we bumped into some friends. Oh yeah, to so an old hilarious. friend. And then we just kept bumping into him over and over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, why would you ever make that joke? I didn't get that the first time I watched it. You oh guys, really? You guys kind of pointed that out for yeah. me. Yeah. So. Zach, what's your favorite scene? Oh, my favorite scene is <laughs> so stupid. But when they arrive to the dinner party and um, they're like talking to Keith or whatever, and he's just really sassy. Uh, Jabron uh, is like really sassy to Keith because he doesn't like Keith because he thinks that Leilani likes Keith. So yeah, I thought mm-hmm. that was pretty funny. Oh, that, that was actually really funny. There was yeah. a lot of good banter too. There was a, mm. the, the Amazing Race part in the beginning was hilarious for me. Yeah, I, I, I'm actually going to have to go with that one for my favorite scene. Because the opening scene just sets up the movie very well. Yeah. Well, I was yeah. also cracking up at that beginning part where they just uh, were suspected, as they thought. And they go to the diner, and he, he just has this long rant about those extra milkshake Oh, cups. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, Gibran was very funny in this movie because mm-hmm. he... And cigarette lighters, like... He's so he's so <laughs> random. Like, he, he gets really caught up on very specific details because... He's he's a, a, it's a documentary doc, filmmaker. Documentary filmmaker. So he's very mm-hmm. detail oriented, and this definitely comes through. I in thought his it was hilarious because he was he was complaining about uh, cigarette lighters and why they're still needed. Like, oh, we're we're driving a vehicle and we need fire added, and then it's the exact cigarette lighter that saves them at the end of the movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So oh, I didn't even notice that. That's so great. Ha. Huh. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, what happens if you get taken hostage? Or are in a ransom situation. You know, what are your options? Well, fortunately, the people who are close to you can get insurance for that thing. But where do they get insurance for that kind of thing? Tell me. Well, fortunately, it is available through Hedman Anglin Agency. Hedman Anglin Agency saves people an average of $500 on car and auto insurance. And also, in some premium packages, can include ransom 
and hostage insurance. This is true. So if you're interested, call Hedman Anglid Agency today at 614-486-7300. That's 614-486-7300. If you do contact them, make sure to tell them that Ben and Zach sent you. We send you. Go. Go Go do it. Now. I mean, if you watch this movie, you know that these situations, like, like they, you happen. Bet they happen. You have mm. to be prepared for them. Yeah. And to mention, um, I think I've mentioned this in a few other podcasts, but my favorite types of movies are Hitman rom-coms. And so we finally actually did one. This yeah. is a Hitman rom-com. Thank you, Kenzie, for... Uh, for uh, Kenzie and Connor. Kenzie and Connor for suggesting this movie in the random generator. It just so happened to be in there because it was in the, the generator twice. Right. But I was really happy. I, I, I'm not sure if I rated it exactly super high. We'll get to that. But uh, I do. This is my favorite type of movie. And maybe I don't rate them that high because I know they're not great. But I just enjoy these movies. They're uh, they're like popcorn movies. You can just enjoy them and sit back. You, you can know? just go do this. Okay, so now we're going into our outsider review, which I must say I am not super prepared for because I haven't actually pulled one up. But I'm on Rotten Tomatoes right now. And it's interesting. I got a 65% critic score but only a 50% audience score. Ouch. So that's, that's that's interesting. I would have thought it would be the opposite. Yeah, so critics like kind of like this movie, but audiences weren't as into it. But I'm going to the first negative review because we do outsider reviews here, and we got to pick the negative ones because the positive ones are boring. Does this reviewer have a name that is two letters that aren't usually put together? Uh, he actually does. His name is T.T. Stern Enzi. Is that just how they put their names in like the Times or like... Washington. Yeah. Oh, this is actually a video though, so that's not actually gonna work. But <laughs> we did actually find a guy with two letters. We can already tell he's pretentious though. Yeah, if you have two letters in your name, you're pretentious. And TT, I've never Everybody heard of that. Everybody has two letters in their name. Yeah. So, uh. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> uh, so Melanie McFarland uh, says this movie uh, has a few compliments, but one can pay to a form you like. A formulaic flot that has at least some actors of color. So this person's um, not super into this movie, and writing something about COVID nineteen. Um, but at least it's on Netflix, right? It was slated for a theatrical release, apparently. Was it really? Isn't this is this a Netflix original? I thought it was because it has the Netflix symbol on it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll look it up. There. I guess this person just doesn't think the movie is, like, super original. They think it follows a formula, and um, they don't think it's too much different from the formula that so it goes from. it wasn't exactly a Netflix original. It was supposed to be released by Paramount Pictures on April 3rd, 2020. But due to COVID-19, uh, it closed all the theaters closed worldwide. Or, it says worldwide, but anyway. Um, Lovebirds was given or i don't know some kind of contracts or something happened so then netflix released it so okay so so uh the the short of this article is that it belongs in that category of movies each should be asked to be left out of any career achievement retrospective montages awaiting them down the road although speaking of career achievements um the actor for um the actor for uh, jabril is actually going to be in a Marvel movie coming up. He's going to be in The Eternals, which is a movie coming out in 2021. I believe it's in November. Cause, so that's yeah, as uh, Kumail Nanjiani. 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 Yeah. And uh, yeah, let's see. what. Let me look what character he's playing. 
but um, he's, I mean, I've seen him in a few other things. He's actually a pretty funny guy. He's, he's I think he's originally a, originally a comedian. And, uh, but yeah, so he's going to play Kingo. Yeah. So for look, some reason it says Harry Styles is in the Eternals cast. Interesting. I mean, he might actually be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be insane. Now we'll get to our score since we've seen what some of the critics say. It's too formulaic. Too close to the plot. Don't put it in any career montages. Which Michael Showalter directed this, and I don't. I've never really heard of any of his other movies. So like, honestly, it probably would make his career montage. <laughs> so I don't really understand what that that quote was saying. So uh, Zach and I have scores for specific subjects. Uh, David's just going to do uh, a score at the end, but he'll interject his thoughts as we get to them as we go through each section. So sentimentally. What do you give this? I give this a seven. I give this a seven. I give this a seven. All right, it's <laughs> unanimous. It's <laughs> unanimous. This movie is a seven. It's a it's a fun time. You have you have a lot of fun in this, and sentiment mm. is really just about how much you enjoy it and how much it means to you. And mm. I give it a seven. It's not an eight. It's not a six. Obviously, because I gave it a seven. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, this this movie is just this is one of the best parts about it is that it's like sentimentally. Like kind of draws you in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you really get to like the characters early on. Yeah, so. do you agree with that? Yeah, I would. Um, so message, what'd you give this? I gave it a six. I gave it a seven. A little bit, a little bit on the strong end, a light seven probably. Okay. I'd give it a five. You didn't yeah. really feel like the message was super was, strong. The message wasn't very strong in my opinion. It wasn't. It didn't seem like there was like that strong of a message that was consistent throughout the entire movie as okay. much. The reason why I gave it a seven was because I liked the understated tone of the love story. So it, it showed like most couples get to a point where they're kind of like, they get annoyed at each other and they fight a lot and they're, they're tired. And this showed that, I mean, it showed the little bit of the start that everyone likes. That's like when you're first getting to know the, the person you love, but four years in, you know, it, it can feel not as exciting. And so it, it was kind of understating. It showed that it was kind of starting to crumble, but then they didn't realize how grateful for each other that they were. That was very, you'd have to pay kind of close attention to that. So maybe they could have done a better job of making that a little bit more clear, but I liked it. Yeah, it was, it was supposed to be subliminal anyway. Because yeah. they kind of just portray it through looks yeah. and questions that they ask and how they talk. Anyway, plot. I gave it a six. I give it a six. I gave it a six. So six, yeah, because it's like okay. kind of messy, but like there's parts that make up for it. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of parts that make up for it because it's an interesting plot. It's very interesting, and it it fits. But like, they could have just like gone to the cops in the beginning. It's just their their stupidity in the beginning of the movie sets the plot in the precedent. But there the would rest. be no movie if they went exactly. To the cops. So it's yeah. it's needed for this type of movie. But in the beginning, you're like, why wouldn't they just go to the cops and explain the truth to them? And there's a couple other moments that I, I can't think of any right now, but there are a couple of other moments where you're like, why would you do that? It's just for the plot. You yeah, know? it's a very chaotic movie and that like you want them to do pretty much the opposite of what they're doing the entire movie. So in as a uh, watcher, you just kind of feel like you want everything to be going the opposite it is happening. So in some ways, it's kind of almost stressful. <laughs> if mm-hmm. you, yeah. If, but... Yeah, I thought I thought it was interesting. It's definitely it's definitely a different type. You either like it or you don't. So yep. yeah, yeah. Of course, it's unrealistic because how it this would never happen in real life like of it course. does. But 
it's just how well they execute that unrealism. And I think they hit it sometimes and they didn't sometimes. So yeah. mm. that's why it's closer to a mixed bag. Cinematography, though. What are we feeling? Four. Four, wow. I, I give it a five because, like, I don't know. Yeah, I thought it was five. It was just like kind of whatever. I didn't I didn't think it was there that any... spectac- spectacular. It's hard to get a low cinematography score because it seems like most professionals who are working in Hollywood and these types of things, like nobody d- it does bad. Right. Bad. Good, like, good time was kind of bad for me. Well, yeah. So that's if, true. Yeah. It, that's probably mm. what what the more controversial views of cinematography that are new. Um, my anything is more experimental, but this was very safe, so that's why it's five. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't flashy or anything. Yeah. Um, I just there just wasn't any good shots for me. Uh, character arcs. Right, I gave that a seven. A seven? <laughs> really? I give it lower. I'm giving it a five. David going same with uh, message and character arcs with a five, and I'll go a six. Okay. So I think it's the same thing kind of as message though. Yeah, it's kind of kind of just correlates to that. Yeah, their character arcs were the driving force. I mean like the driving force of the message, not of the movie. I, all yeah. the side characters, again, if you're looking for a movie that has like multi like lots of score arcs, this is not the movie. This is not a movie that has it has two story arcs basically. Everyone else is a flat character. But mm. they're they're decent. That's it's, true. It's just it's just about them. None of the other characters. Yeah, none of them have arc. character development at all. Yeah, so solid to mediocre character development, yeah. depending on how you feel about the execution of the movie and the understated elements. So how about originality? I gave that, unfortunately, a four. So I gave it a six, but I feel like it's because I haven't seen that many movies like this. So it's more of an, it's more of an ignorant six, but I'll still keep it. That yeah, way. but it's it's. It, what what would you? Well, give I it gave first? it a four too. So four. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd say it's a four for me because. Just because, like, it, there's always those love stories where they, in the beginning, they're about to break up, or they're about to get divorced, or they're about to end the relationship, and then, like, a series of weird, crazy events happen, and somehow, at the end of the movie, they get back together. And that's what this movie was. Obviously, it did mm-hmm. it in a creative way, but this <laughs> this creative way has been used before. Yeah, it's a little bit times. cliche in that sense, where it's just kind of, like, the same thing over. It's not, like, it's not as cliche as a Hallmark movie or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's somewhat cliche, adding some new parts in it, so that's why it was it's a little bit higher. Than, it's definitely yeah. dirtier than a Hallmark movie. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And, definitely. And I felt like some of the, the casting choices were, like, they were good and unique enough, and the setting of the movie in New Orleans was probably a little bit underused, honestly. But yeah. there, were, there were just things about it that I felt like were a little bit original. But did I probably place it a little bit on the too high side? Yes, probably. But... We never change scores here, so we're yeah. sticking with it. We're stubborn. What's um, next? We're going to acting. All right. I gave that. I gave it a seven. A seven. Yeah. What did you give it? I gave it a seven as well. Um, this is the shocking part. I gave it a five. Okay. Interesting. Okay. You didn't. You don't like. Uh, I like the actors. Jabril. But I feel like there was just too many times where I was like, oh, like where something didn't just come out right. Like I think these that Issa Rae and Kumail. Uh, Nanjiani. Nanjiani. They are they're they're good actors, and but I felt like there was just times where they just didn't execute. How it just felt kind of awkward. I don't think that was acting though. I think that was the just the lines that they were giving. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. What it do still you, falls in the category though because it yeah, does. it still right. falls in the yeah. category. You're right. You're right. Um, they're they're good enough, and I think that 
in other things, though, they could definitely improve upon this. And their comedic timing was pretty decent. It just wasn't fantastic. Agreed. Mm. There were a few parts that weren't that funny. But it was a few. Like, yeah. most of them were funny. Yeah. yeah. Their charisma is excellent, honestly. And that's, excellent. Why, it's, that's why it's more of a successful movie as far as... Uh, like just feeling i don't, I don't know it's if, so funny if it was if it was like if it wasn't funny i wouldn't like this movie at all because like just the plot of itself wouldn't have been enough for me yeah no that's true it was funny because like jabron i said jabril a second ago jabron yeah. jabron was like when he was being tortured and stuff like <laughs> he was like but he had he had a choice between what is it the grease or the the door that he didn't know what the torture mm-hmm. method would be and he, he was like he's so charismatic as an actor because he'd be like Excuse me, but do I get to do I do I get to pick which part of my body you put the grease on? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Just so, just so like, like technical. Yeah, almost. he's so calm under pressure, but like nervous at the same time. But yeah. that's because he's like always nervous. Yeah, exactly. And that's how he portrayed the character. And for me, that's like a new, new type of character portrayed. And it was just hilarious. And he, he has a little bit of an accent too, so it yeah. doesn't add to com- comedy or anything, but it adds to like the realism of how how funny an actor can be like that. Yeah. Now, I would say this too. If it was just these two actors, I think I would have given it a higher score. But I honestly think that pretty much everybody else in this movie who wasn't them were, were actually kind of like not that good. I can't think of a really another actor. Some of them were really hard to stand. Like the the congressman's wife was one of the worst actors in the entire oh, yeah, movie. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. She was so, she was so bad. That bar scene is just awful. Like I, I like I, I couldn't stand it. It looks like it. it's out of a children's and then, video game. And then the torture <laughs> like, scene is only good because of Issa Rae and Nanjiani. Like they're they're carrying that scene because both mm-hmm. of those people are just they're just oh, they're like they're kinda grating to listen to. I'm being very harsh on them. Hopefully mm-hmm. they have good and fruitful careers after this movie, but this is probably not their bright no, spot. They don't deserve good and fruitful. Mm. Careers. I also felt like the frat boy wasn't that great. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he he didn't. Kyle Bornheimer. To me, he didn't <laughs> like have the the no. personality. Yeah. And I'm guessing most of these people don't even. A lot of these people don't even have um, pages on Wikipedia, so who knows whether they're even that famous? But yeah, Anna mm-hmm. Camp as Eddie. Um, apparently, she was in. Uh, Vampire drama, was True it, Blood. Was it Edie? Edie, Edie. Yeah, I, I just think this was not a, a good movie for her, unfortunately. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was I, I rated the this one based on just those two characters. Yeah, yeah that's the, those were the most striving for since they were the most prominent roles in the so movie. I so I definitely nitpicked on their performances. They were very good. And then some of the other people brought them down. So maybe a six or a seven if it was just those two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But moving forward. Oh, yeah, I, I actually had one more thing okay, to add. Okay, uh, the scene where they had a lift or whatever, they, uh, the driver of the minivan or whatever, or was just kind of like going along with, uh, then like singing really loud in the back, and I kind of felt like it was a little awkward because it was yeah. al- it's almost because it almost felt like she didn't know she was getting like filmed or something like that, and she was just kind of bobbing her head, and it's like, it just didn't seem realistic in that sense. He she did. I totally agree with yeah. that. It did not seem. It realistic. felt really weird. It just I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain. All right. Let's get to style. <laughs> that's a that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Thank we, you. we covered a lot there, but let's get to style. Mm. What? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. I'm, I I think that was one of our, our best conversations about acting that we've had. Look at us being meta about ourselves. I know. Yeah. Going back, always striving for improvement. Yeah. So I I guess I'll just start out. I gave style a six. Eight. Eight. Wow. I gave it a five. I didn't feel like it was that. 
I like the style. It gives awkward moments. It like the style of the movie is like not realism, the, but like awkwardness. This is more subjective as well, though, because like I I don't like like the feeling of like just the awkwardness as like. I think just, I really I, I just to that. don't like it as much. I don't know. That's yeah. why I've struggled to finish The Office. I'm gonna be oh, honest. Oh man. <laughs> because I like it's The Office is so awkward, and I just have a hard time. Yeah. Yeah. No, you got to finish The Office first of all. You got to do it. For I, I the haven't. History I haven't started it. The Office. So. Okay, we'll start it. David, you would kind of no, you would hate it. Dang it. <laughs> yeah, if you why, don't like awkward moments, that's like the entire why thing here? of The Office. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, what. It, so you gave it a five. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I was I was basing it. I think you're right movies. about that, but I just feel like an eight, an eight is high for me compared to other movies. But I respect that. Um, how about score? Six. Really? I give it a three. Well, I was basing. I, it I off give the, it a three too. I, I was actually, basing it off the soundtrack yeah. too. Okay. Score no, I was thinking the score and soundtrack, and I honestly, besides that Katy Bozzy. Perry, <laughs> but besides the Katy that Perry song, that was the credits though. I didn't recommend. <laughs> I, I not recommend. I didn't really notice a single song and that's bad like maybe it's like i should if the soundtrack and the score stand out i should be like noticing how good it is and this movie just had a bland soundtrack i don't think that this movie needed a score or even a soundtrack really. hey, so a i gave good it a good soundtrack can boost the movie yeah a i lot. didn't really even like notice the soundtrack yeah. it just Which seemed like whatever sometimes like, good but i feel like in this movie it should be more noticeable i think yeah. it was kind of noticeable yeah, but it, like it didn't feel like it built suspense or did okay, anything. Okay, I get it. I lose. Okay. <laughs> I feel like there's some movies that are just like really, really heavy on it. Like Inception, it's got like a really hard soundtrack. Or Tenet. Although Tenet was creative with it because we talked about at the beginning. You right. pointed it out. Yeah. He was the one that pointed it out. That like the big. Be- well, you say it. What was it like? Oh, the, the music was flipped throughout the movie. Yeah, like, like they reversed it. right? Yeah, they did. Like the movie, it. and that, that mm. they did nothing like this in that. So like, of course not. But Three is like one of the lowest scores I've ever given on on my rating system, but I I'm just going you know, for it. Yeah, I doubled on that six. Six. All right, choreography slash action slash action. I gave it a six, and I think six is like maybe a little bit low. I seven. I six. Yeah. I so, thought I thought it was kind of like funny, like some of the. Oh no! I, I put seven. I put seven. Okay, we I can't agree read. Now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, it's it's like very yeah, like David was saying. It's, it's just like funny. It's like. It's not supposed to be like good action. Now you can see like the what the mustache man or whatever. He was able to fight a little bit better, and you could see that he, yeah, he blocked a few blows or whatever like that. But the rest of them were mostly just like awkward, awkwardly wrestling. Which, I don't know. It looked like children, to be which honest. is how it would be like yes, in exactly. real life. It's because hilarious. no one just comes up and is like the like best fighter pun- ever. He's like, punching the window like this, and then there was one scene. Where they're like fighting, they're they're fighting the guys that were torturing them, the husband and the wife. Right. And he has like a fire extinguisher, and he like throws it at them, and then like he hits her just, leg. Yeah, and like, yeah, hits yeah, her right so, leg. Yeah. Them. And then there's one part where after she shoots the mustache man, um, he climbs back up on the boat, and he gets like this this like flotation device that just hits him right in the yeah, face. Yeah. Right out. Yeah. After getting shot. <laughs> so it's shot. just like it's, it's hilarious. It's hilarious stuff mm-hmm. for that at least. So. Yeah. Anyway. So that brings us to total scores, which David. I did not total my score because, so, like, if we added yeah. a third score, then we're just going to have a higher score, and that doesn't make any sense. So, the, um, yeah, so I just gave, like, a whatever score, just kind of going off the entire movie. You, you, you heard it here, folks. Yeah. yeah. He gave it a whatever score. A whatever score. score. David's score is not going to be that different from me and Zach's based on the numbers. It'll, yeah. it, it might fall somewhere in the middle. Mine's a 62%. And mine's a 57 So, very... Okay. Very Still close. lower. And you have to keep in mind, that sounds mm-hmm. low, but our 
our rating system is actually very difficult to get a high rating on. So you have to keep that in mind. A lot mm. of the movies have fell, fallen between... The highest movie that's ever been rated is I rated Tenet at 78%. Zach's highest rating is Tenet at 74%. So nothing's ever been higher than 78 Nothing's ever been lower than about 41 mm. I think you rated Once Upon a Time in Hollywood 41%, and I rated Nacho Libre 44%. So that 40 to 78 range is like a normal movie. Anything that gets higher than... That gets eighty percent or higher is a ver- is an elite movie in our score, and anything that's lower than forty percent is like and a if, dumpster fire. If anything yeah. gets in the nineties, then we're just gonna change our system because we don't want anything to be yeah. in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, but you have to remember if anything's above ninety, then you have to be getting nines and tens consistently, and yeah. that's really hard to do. So it's not like Rotten Tomatoes where it's just kind of like the overall yeah. score, which is kind of what I'm giving tonight. I just or like I, I didn't actually say my score. I did. I, I it was a. I gave it a uh, 65, which is yeah. actually the same yeah. as Rotten Tomatoes evidently. And I'm so. estimating that your score would be somewhere in between me and Zach's, or maybe a little bit lower than mine. Yeah, probably. If we're going off his actual numbers, but just a, a raw, just <laughs> random number, he gives it a 65. Yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah I mean, the, so you, the, I think that will help probably listeners understand our rating system a little bit more and how kind so of difficult like a it is. 50, right. 59.5 average? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Anyway, so that brings us into our new segment that we have just created. Well, we kind of rebranded it. So we had a we had a section that we called like potholes or something. Yeah, we called it potholes. It's the parts mm. that we hated or the parts that didn't make any sense. We kind of just grouped them together. But now we're calling it Brito Moments. For those of you that have seen the hit TV show Community by Dan Harmon that uh, stars uh, Chevy Chase and... Uh, Donald Glover. Yeah, Donald Glover. And uh, the guy who did the last episode of uh, Tiger King, that I'm blanking on his name. Joel McHale. Joel McHale, yeah. yeah. And, obviously, Gillian Jacobs, who plays Britta, and, uh, she, or it's Jillian, maybe, Jillian, Jillian. Jacobs, and she is the worst character in all of so television. So bad. So like, annoying. So annoying. So, uh, after the first episode, she's basically useless in the entire show. That's true. She's only the voice of reason in the first episode, and then after that, she sucks. But that's another story. Anyway, <laughs> we're calling this section Britta Moments because... We hate Brita, and anything that's a Brita moment is something that we don't really like, or we hate, or we despise, or we detest. And Community was very meta with this. They did the exact same thing on the show. That's true. They knew what they were talking about. They called, when something happened in the show that was bad, that sometimes they say, you Brita'd that. Yeah. yeah. So so what did they Brita today on on, on uh, Lovebirds? <sighs> I think we already touched on this, but the anybody who was outside the two main characters, they Brita'd. Yeah. Like their their acting roles, um, also like, and that might have been the writer or the director's fault for that. That's true. That's probably not. It's I mean, not always on the actors. Some of the actors, I'm pretty sure, aren't that good. But yeah, but anyway, I think the whole cult part got a little bit weird. Yeah, like, it definitely wasn't needed, and it wasn't that funny. Yeah, and it didn't really go anywhere either <clears throat> because they all evacuated, and that was the end. We never heard about it again. It was yeah, never explained. That- like, it was just kind of there. It was I think awkward. they kind of britted that a little they bit. They tried to make something weird, and it didn't work out. It was too weird and too out of place. Um, it yeah. looked cool, though. Their masks looked cool. That's like, yes, creepy. Those were very cool masks. I would be very curious to see whether there's stuff like this. I'm pretty sure there's probably stuff like this that oh, happens in is. real there life. There is. I don't want to get too into <laughs> conspiracy theories, but we don't know exactly know what or how, but it's kind of scary when you actually see it in the movie of what could ben be happening. That is all about conspiracy theories that is not really true but they are interesting <laughs> to read about yeah um just don't believe everything the internet is full of lies although i think what we haven't hit upon are there any other brita moments that we can think of 
Um, do you think everything I can think of as a plot hole is more of a, like, did it really make sense their decision making? You like know? forced plot. Yeah. Yeah. So like, why would you go break into the apartment? I guess it's because they felt like they had to get it. A lot of their decision-making was just very suspect, and you're like, why did, would they ever do that? Yeah, on the other hand, if you don't do it that way, you don't really have a yeah. movie. So. You have to make it funny. So that's yeah. why I don't say it's a plot hole, because it was necessary mm. for the plot to be across. I feel like it was kind of still a tight script, even even though... Um, and do you think it was kind of formulaic? Uh, because that was a big complaint about the movie. Uh, it was it was formulaic, but yeah. it, was, it was funny when it came to comedy. But is it bad if it's formulaic? That's because, just kind of the genre. Because if you execute in. a formula yeah. well, I feel like it's I think fun. The, I think the Marvel Cinematic Universe is very formulaic, very formulaic. Yeah. In every movie, except yeah. for except for the crossovers, those can be a little sporadic. But when it but I think they execute them well because they add a little bit, not a little bit. They add a lot of differences between them, and I think this was a had a lot of differences to other, like, Hitman rom-coms, as right. I would say. So. Yeah, I kind of felt like the Iron Man and Hulk movies were almost like that, where it's almost the same plot, where it's the arch-nemesis is just kind of like the reverse image of the main character. Like, we have another Iron Man suit, and we have another kind of Hulk. Yeah, even Black Panther. And Yeah, exactly. So it's it always seems like that, and they add s- certain specific elements, but it's still following a basic formula. But when you think of them, you, when you think of a specific one, you don't think of the other one, unless they cross over, of course, because yeah, the so, Marvel yeah. Cinematic Universe says. But yeah. when I think of this movie, I'm not going to think of other romantic comedies or hitman rom-coms, because it does distinguish itself very well. And I'm going to be honest, there, I can't really distinguish very well whether it's formulaic, because... I think this might be the first romantic comedy that I've ever watched in my entire life. And I, I'm not even joking. I keep a very detailed list of movies that I've watched, <laughs> and I can't find a single one on that list that I would consider a rom-com. So this has definitely been a broadening experience, but because of that, I'm a little lacking in awareness and just like knowledge of the genre. So I'm not the best judge of whether it's formulaic or not. So it's a good thing that we have Zach here. Yeah, <laughs> sure, yeah. But anyway, Ben tracks everything. He tracks his songs, his music. Yeah, very detailed. Yeah, yeah. he he, he likes on to... spreadsheets. I just I love it. He keeps track of the movies that I watch and stuff for in it for Dude. in my ratings and everything. <laughs> well, I mean just the ones that just we watch just for the here. podcast. But he keeps track of everything and he loves statistics and he loves to graph everything. And I do too, but I'm not that thorough when it Didn't comes he, to like media. he has like a best friends tiered sheet, don't you? Uh, yeah, but <laughs> I have not updated that. That was there. There's some things that just you don't have to have. I'm like. Class, but like hey, it, it makes you know? sense, okay? So, so it's just life. You, this is how life works for everyone. What, what are have, what are David and I ranked? Well, you guys are definitely in the t- in the my, you're some of my best friends. I'm he not hesitated. kidding. He hesitated. I did not hesitate. <laughs> yeah, but that's so but vague. I, this was a bad. We want, we want yeah. statistics. We want numbers. <laughs> I don't have them for you. I'm gonna be honest. But in life, people have before. they have no, tier, they have their absolute best friends, their closest circle. That's like it changes sometimes in life. But it's usually generally no more than like four people or five, maybe. Yeah, that's if, true. Uh, they, like they, they, you have your change. very that's closest change. friends, mm-hmm. and and that that is just sometimes who you're around the most, um, who you share the most with, and it sometimes changes people go in and out of your life. <laughs> is it, this has gotten really please, please philosophical. Comment, really please comment. And then on tier this two is like very very is. close friends, and yeah. tier three is like 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 close acquaintances. And tier four is more like just acquaintances. And tier five is like people you barely know or are mutual friends And with. tier six is your enemies. Yeah. Well, I don't have enemies. I, I, 
I follow the Bible. I love my enemies, or at least mm. try to. And I try so, to. So, but every, loving, your enemies, enemies, loving your enemies qualifies you, that you have enemies. That's true. No, sorry. <laughs> okay. That's true. All right. Yeah, All right. Well, if you watch this more, then we're going to be so together you know, a lot more to record. Like that was, so, it was not a good idea. It, it's not a good idea to like, like actually keep track of a list like that because it's just like that's not how healthy relationships work. I have a friend yeah. who's always ranking people when it comes to relationships, friendships, and everything, and I keep telling her stop doing that because it's going to make me compete, and I'm very competitive, <laughs> and I don't think that's a healthy way to have a friendship. Yeah. So this has been kind of our advice uh, column and like we've gotten to some interesting subjects, but we got to get to the stock market, which is another new segment. That, that was a very smooth transition, I must say. Why'd you point it out? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, yes. Explain what it is. Cause this was actually his idea. So, so the stock market is an idea that if somebody performed well, you're buying stock in them. If they were sort of mediocre or you feel like they have a lot of room to improve, you kind of you hold their stock, or if they were really bad, you're selling their stock. So so let's get the um, husband wife torture people out of the way. Uh, okay. They are sell sell sell. Yeah, we're They're, selling. I mean, this it might be too late. Their stock's already to the floor. I yeah, mean. yeah. Uh, and might have to pay somebody. To you might have to, to pay off. somebody to get rid of Anna Camp. <laughs> That's not how it works, but yeah, I know. I know. You're right. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I know. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> Sorry. pretty much really even that. even I would say Nicholas Parsons who played. No, not that's not the but the bicycle guy's fine. Whatever, mustache guy who's literally listed as mustache Paul Sparks, he wasn't that good. So that would be a yeah. hold to sell. I would say I well, would be more conservative with my stock, so I would sell him. I would, I would consider Leilani, Jabron, the actor or the character, Jabron. So the, am I am I putting stocks? No, in the, the actor. Be, so because Kumail yeah. Nanjiani. Yeah. So I would definitely put my stock in him. Yeah, I would yeah, buy full force just because he's gonna be in the Eternals. He's gonna be yeah. in a Marvel movie. He's gonna be like mm-hmm. one of those buff superheroes one day. Everybody's gonna go gonna <laughs> know his name. Right. So, I would definitely put my stock in him. Uh, when it comes to Leilani, let me see if she's gonna be in anything. Isa Isare. I think she was good. She was. I very think she has a lot. Yeah. I think she has a lot of potential, and I hope that she continues to be in more things. Be- and so I think I like the the two actors. I would buy a stock in them, right? I would. Yeah. I okay. I would definitely put more stocks into. Uh, she started Kumail. her career on YouTube, so that's really interesting. So that I think that from a like personal standpoint, somebody who can like take their career from YouTube to acting in movies, that's very impressive. She's yeah. been in three movies in 2020, so she's definitely like spiking her career up. And especially since Honestly, if you in bought in 2019, you are seeing a, a huge rise in stock. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and obviously there's a movie Little, The Photograph, Lovebirds. Those all came out in the past year and a half. So she's in. A, she's becoming in a lot more movies, and she's only been in movies since 2015, 2013 almost. Yeah. So and this she was is in probably Bojack Horseman. Okay. This is probably our our star riser. I think Nanjiani is more clearly on a on a rise to fame, hmm. um, but. Hopefully, Isaray gets some some more lead parts. And it's hard to it's hard to talk about anyone else when it comes to these stocks uh, because you'd have to talk about the director, Michael Showalter. Okay. I'm holding stock in Michael Showalter because this was good, but it might actually be one of the better things he's actually done. Because if you look back at him, he's got to start on MTV, which is like a weird, you know, <laughs> yeah, that like that's really not nice. that's definitely high. He definitely is higher than that now, I would assume, because MTV yeah. most of the stuff. But he's done a lot of these kind of like movies that are like comedies and and such, which makes sense. Um, like he did Reno 911, Miami. So like really like 
It's definitely like he's definitely got to a point of his career where he's he's doing a lot less random movies. Yeah, he knows what he's doing at this point. And he's yeah. more, but I don't know. And I see a lot of potential for him to get better than he is right now. So that's why I would say hold, because he's probably going to be real consistent, but not like he he's not like an anywhere near even like a. I'll put, I'll put fifty bucks on him. Yeah. All right. You, you, I mean, do you think that's fair, David? No, I think that's good. Yeah. Yeah. He did I wet hot American summer. And the sequel. <laughs> Apparently he does like surreal and improvisation. He does like a lot of different kinds of comedy. So he's, he's at least he's like able to do a lot of things. But he's mostly, yeah. he's mostly can just do comedies. So he's not super versatile, but he's very versatile within comedy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm probably not, since my, my music was uh, low, I'm probably not buying stock in Michael Andrews, but I don't really know what he's done. Yeah, and me either. <laughs> we're selling stock in Paramount because they didn't even... You know, this, they had to ship this movie to Netflix, so, like, this is not good. Yeah. Like, Netflix, I'm buying stock, and in Paramount, I'm selling stock. Yeah, not much you can do, but, I mean, it's yeah, not... Yeah, it is what it is. It, yeah, it's... Like, they produced it, but Netflix got the distribution, which, mm-hmm. you know, probably... Uh, it's a it's, good thing for them. It's harder mm-hmm. to tell with Netflix, though, because of how their structure works, where they're just trying to rely on getting more people to subscribe. Right. And COVID, overall, probably helped Netflix a lot, to be honest. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, um, sure. Co- definitely compared to other movie companies. So, any other stocks? I think we basically covered everything that we can. Yeah. So, we have another new segment called <laughs> Feedback. And basically, if you have any feedback, any fans, if you can literally say anything at all on Twitter, Instagram, our YouTube channel that's coming up soon, which you're watching us now on yeah. that. Yeah, leave if reviews. If you're watching it. Yeah. Please... Mm. Don't give a one star. We had a close friend of ours give us a one star. It's really bringing us down. We could be at the top of the Apple was charts. Was that an accident? or was uh, that a... No, it no, wasn't it was an, accident. Not an accident. It was a joke that she left. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's very a, funny. We all laugh. Very, very funny. funny. It's yes. a permanent joke. Yeah. That, uh, a stain on our career, one would say. Yes, yeah. I would say that. Yes, but if you have any feedback, please let us know and we'll, and we'll react to it on here. You'll and, get a shout out. And due to the lack of feedback, that ends our segment. Yep. Yep. So now we're here for our final round. Back in the ring for the final round. Any any other uh, final thoughts? Um, no. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I kind of said everything that I think about this movie. I have one more thing to add. Go ahead. Go ahead. So this movie really rem- so the first movie we ever reviewed was Good Time, and it's really funny because right. this movie seems a lot like Good Time, where just it's the style of movie where everything keeps going wrong, which is a com- probably a relatively common style of movies. But the interesting thing to compare is that this one was a comedy, whereas Good Time is more of a serious film with a few funny moments. And so to see how you can take that, that aspect and do it both as a comedy and as like a, a crime kind of gr- grimier film is interesting to compare. I always like trying to look for similarities. Obviously, acting is a lot better in that movie because Robert Pattinson, oh, uh, who we uh, we have to mention on like almost every episode. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I just love making those kind of comparisons. So that was kind of a, one other thing I wanted to add. If you were to choose Lovebirds or Good Time. Oh, Good Time, definitely. I That's agree. definitely more my kind of movie. I would choose Lovebirds. Interesting. Interesting. Right. Well, Hitman Rom-Coms is his favorite genre. Yeah, yeah. It's Good funnier. Time is... I don't exactly know what to consider my favorite genre, but hit, Good Time is definitely closer to it. Yeah, I agree. Randomness. Definitely. Randomness. Random action. Quentin Tarantino is my favorite genre of movie. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino... I can't talk. Quentin Tarantino is very good, I think. Uh, he's one of my favorite directors. Tentative I also Quarantino. love Christopher Nolan. Yeah, Chris Nolan. 
this movie doesn't make you think as much, but at least you don't have to work as hard, right? Russo <laughs> yeah, brothers. Yeah. Russo brothers. All Russo the way. brothers are solid. Mm-hmm. I like Russo brothers and Dan Harmon. Yep. Rick, like Dan Harmon. Rick and Morty. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, I wish he could review movies like Rick would review movies. Yeah. <laughs> he would totally tear them all apart. He would. <laughs> Uh, but let's make some social media plugs. So uh, follow us on Twitter at Movie Vault Pod. Follow us on Instagram at the Movie Vault Pod. Email us your feedback, your movie recommendations, the Movie Vault Pod at gmail.com. That's the Movie Vault Pod at gmail.com. Uh, and we're, yeah, anything that you want, questions, just we want to talk to us, you can send us a DM on Instagram. We're open to anything. Um, we're going to post our uh, you, the name of our YouTube channel here soon once it gets uploaded. Obviously, yeah. if you're watching us, you're on YouTube. But if you're listening to us by way of podcast, we're going to post our YouTube probably on all of our social medias, yeah. which includes Twitter and, and Instagram. I'll, and I'll put it in the podcast description when we get it because I can edit that yeah. later. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, we'll just make sure that it's known on every outlet that we have as soon as it comes out. And, uh, by the way, thank you, Esteban, from Mexico. He's going to be editing our uh, yeah, videos. Yeah, big thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's also helped boost our international numbers in so terms our of podcast team, yeah, listeners. Yes. Our team has grown from us three to four people. So now we have two producers. Oh, we also have hosts. Kenzie and, mm-hmm. and Emma. As our uh, social media. As our social media people. Kenzie running Twitter and Emma running They're more Instagram. of our publicists as yeah. well. And yeah. they're doing very good. So very, there's six of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's six of us on our team. Um. Yeah, and we lo- hopefully you'll get to know us all more as the future progresses. And also, we're going to be having some more guests on the Wednesday episodes. Yes, yeah. and we have a guest lined up for a couple episodes from now, too, yep. assuming that all works out. So yep. It will. Um, yeah, and then we actually have a few other guests that I've been asking to join. We also have another guest in mind that we've been thinking about from where you go to school. But anyway, mm. so it's, we have a lot of plans in our minds. <laughs> so we're excited about the future, but it can't all come at once. So keep staying up to date and and keep tuning in and hopefully you can help grow our our podcast and youtube channel with us and if you're watching by youtube right now please hit that subscribe button and hit the bell for notifications gotta get those notifications gotta like that video as well and yeah. like smash yeah. that like smash button. that, smash that, like, that button. like button i've always <laughs> wanted to say that yeah <laughs> anyway yeah. all right but zach uh i think we all know what time it is we gotta close up the vault and it's 12 46 yeah and we still have another, we still have another midweek fight. episode to do. So this is yeah, gonna we have good. two more things to do. After That's why we got our monster, though. Yeah. I just drank all mine. Speak I for need... yourself. Yeah. yeah I, got some, <laughs> I got some sweet tea here, actually. I'm yeah. Oh yeah. Through. So before Zach's got to get that energy before he closes the vault. Yeah. There's no it's water or anything in the vault because you don't want to spill it on any of the movies. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Come on. Okay. With that, it's time to close the vault. Chick-fil-A.